Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good morning and welcome to the Morning Briefing for Monday, February 26th, 2018. I'm your host once again, Eric Dane. And Jake Hughes, now he's back to being your producer for this week. Don't worry, he'll be here in just a moment. Before we get to that, I'm going to let you know what's coming up on today's show. We're going to talk to IAVA's research director, Stephanie Mullen, about a variety of subjects, including the Shulkin scandal, SecDef's transgender advice, and much more. And then later, Joe Murin, chairman emeritus of New Day USA, is going to join us to talk about VA loans and the recent focus on mortgage churning that the VSOs, especially the American Legion, have been focusing on and that we're now seeing some congressional interest in. All of that and more for this Monday edition of The Morning Briefing, and it all starts now as we welcome Jake Hughes into the studio. Jake, how you doing this morning? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. A little sad that I'm back in this seat over here, I but think there it's are all many good. Listeners who agree, they're like, "Oh God, that guy's back." Ugh, I guess. Well, at least Jake's there to to temper the awfulness, to ease the ease your suffering to just ease, a little bit, to ease the pain and the yes. transition back into me. Did you have a good weekend? I actually really did. I uh, just hung out with my dog and had fun. Yeah, I drove up to New York uh, after. Uh, Going home on Friday and then having to come back down here at 6 p.m., that was great because uh, the project I was working on last week, there was a little snafu with that where uh, I made a mistake and saved a file that was not the right file and uploaded it and uh, you know, got the word on that at 5 p.m. on Friday. So I had to drive back down into Washington, D.C. to fix that. But then after that, uh, this weekend, I drove up to New York to uh, do the play-by-play for Triton Fights, an MMA organization, and had a fantastic time up there doing that. On Long Island, saw some great fights, got to uh, hang out with some old friends that I hadn't seen for a while up there and, uh, you know, had in general a good time. And the guy who fought in, uh, well, the first fight on the main card there, so it was a heavyweight fight, Gareth Hornell, he uh, won his fight in a heavyweight fight. And at the end, I hear him start talking, you know, during the the post-fight interview about how he, uh, you know, was was fighting and wearing a T-shirt for an organization that's working to stop veteran suicide and to address that issue. So afterwards, uh, as he was walking out, and he was easy to see, he was a professional, well, amateur, maybe someday professional, heavyweight MMA fighter with a giant beard. So he kind of stuck out in the crowd, was able to uh, get to him, give him my card, and uh, we're hopefully going to talk to some of the uh, other veterans in that organization that he uh, that he was representing that night. So even when and I'm just off doing some other stuff. It's pretty cool that we get to see, uh, you know, f- even find some veteran interaction and somebody doing good stuff for veterans there. Yeah, it just shows you there's uh, people who care about veterans everywhere in every organiz- in most organizations. Yeah, and this guy, you know, when I saw him afterward, I asked him, I said, hey, Gareth, are, are you a veteran yourself? He said, no, I'm not, but I'm really interested in veteran stuff. I have a lot of friends who do. Uh, he said there's a lot of... Uh, uh, interest in the organization that he's doing, a lot of great people working in it. He said some Green Berets, some Navy SEALs, people like that. I was like, wow, 
That's really fantastic, uh, and I'd like to talk to some of those people on the show. So we're going to see what uh, what we get out of that. He's got my card, so hopefully we're going to hear from him. And, uh, yeah, it was uh, a good weekend for me. A lot of driving, man. Four hours or so up. Didn't hit any traffic, so that's good. I've had that drive take eight or nine hours, so four hours is is fine. And then four hours on the way back the next day. I was planning on driving up calling the fights and then driving back after that. And my wife said, I don't know if that's such a good idea. Maybe you should uh, stay up there with one of our friends. And I did that. So a big thanks to them. But yeah, that was most of my weekend. And then I got back yesterday. I guess I got back around 4 p.m. And by 5 p.m. had fallen asleep, uh, woke up at nine, moved up to the bedroom and slept (laughs) all the way through to the morning. So I am very well rested today. And that's good because we've got a lot to talk about. As I mentioned, IAVA is going to join us in the next segment. And then later on in the show, the chairman emeritus of New Day USA, one of the biggest VA loan mortgage companies out there, is going to come on and talk to us about VA loans and specifically the issue of mortgage churning, which, as I mentioned at the top of the show, the American Legion has been working on this for quite some time. Uh, Congress is now involved in it. It's an interesting topic and an interesting subject, mortgage churning, because essentially what it is is getting people to uh, keep applying for new mortgages, essentially, like update their mortgages to uh, get more money out of them. And sometimes the uh, the wording of the leaflets and pamphlets that are sent out for it are kind of, uh, some people say, scaremongering tactics to say, like, if you don't do this, you could lose your home. Well, a lot of things could cause you to you lose your home. Um, the The interesting thing about it is it's not illegal, anything that they're doing. You know, it's like, uh, if if you don't buy tickets to this weekend's monster truck rally, you may regret it for the rest of your life. Will you actually regret it for the rest of your life? Probably not. But there are people who that'll work on and who will say, like, well, if I don't get it, I might regret it. That, that's kind of what the issue with mortgage churning is. They say, uh, you know, predatory preying on people who are, uh, you know, what's the word I'm looking for, who are subject to uh, being pushed in that direction, like worrying about it and not not having all the info. We're going to talk to Joe about that and get people the info that they need to know what they need to know about their mortgage and whether they should refinance their mortgage or anything like that. So a lot of good stuff coming up later on in the show. And then we're also going to talk about the headlines. Now, Here's a horrible one, and this just goes to show you that uh, you know whether you're in Afghanistan, Iraq, on an aircraft carrier, on your base, or your post here in the United States, uh, it is uh, a dangerous career being in the military, and we've lost one of our own. A sailor was struck by a helicopter blade at the Camp Pendleton Marine Corps base outside of San Diego. The sailor was hit by the tail rotor of a Venom helicopter last Wednesday evening and died at a hospital shortly before 6 a.m. this Saturday. Mm. Helicopter was on the ground at the time, and having worked on flight line operations, I don't know if that's something that you ever had to deal with very much. No. Um, in the Navy, you, you're going to at one point or another, whether it's on an aircraft carrier or an amphib. Uh, the, the first ship I was on was an amphibious assault ship. The only planes that are on there are Harrier jump jets. Other than that, it's all helicopters. And when you're on the flight deck during flight ops where you have helicopters out there, you have to be careful of those blades and of those rotors. Some of them, you know, just because of the makeup of the aircraft, they're right around head-shoulder level. Um, and and also some planes that we use, like the P-3 Orion, for example, which is essentially a sub-hunter. Uh, it's a, it's a twin prop plane that flies out there. And when I was stationed in Iceland, there was a... I want to say Italian uh, soldier 
who was on the flight line and I think was backing up and didn't realize where he was and backed up into a spinning P3 Orion prop, which Ouch. caught him in the neck. And that was, you know, when that happens, uh, it, it's it's a devastating injury. It's it's more than likely the end uh, of that person's life. And, and very sadly, this uh, sailor assigned to the 3rd Marine Aircraft Wing uh, has passed away as of 6 a.m. Saturday. The name of the sailor, other details of the accident, none of that has been released as of yet. Um, I'm sure we will eventually. This is, um, you know, it's one of those horrible things that happens. And we were talking about this in the newsroom with uh, one of the people who works for us who, who did not serve in the military and whose uh, interaction with the veteran community really started with connecting vets, talking about, like, you know, it's, it surprises me, you know, that in Afghanistan there were more uh, non-combat deaths than combat deaths over the past year. And, and I pointed out, like, you know, in many years that's been the case. And the number of deaths within the military stateside in CONUS have often exceeded those in the war zones of Iraq and Afghanistan because of things like rollovers or falling off of a truck or someone getting blown overboard off of a ship or something like this getting hit by a rotor. It's a dangerous job, whether you're deployed or not. Wherever you are, if you're wearing that uniform, there are aspects of the job that can cause a loss of life. I mean, as I said, I was up in Iceland and, you know, we weren't at war at that time. 1999 is when I got up there, left in early 2001, and accidents unfortunately occur. It's why the military focuses so strongly on safety and on precautions and, you know, making sure that people are doing things the right way, constantly drilling things over and over and over. But, you know, there are a lot of deaths that come with those and a lot of avoidable deaths, whether it's something like this, where you don't know exactly what happened, but if that tail rotor spinning, this was, there was clearly something that went wrong for someone to come into contact with it. Uh, the, the helicopter was on the ground. So you don't think that it moved into the person. You think it's the other way around. That's always horrible. Of course, you have the uh, very avoidable deaths that come with things like drunk driving. I mean, that, that costs us Jeez, I don't even want to know how many soldiers, sailors, Marines, and airmen every year. Uh, distracted driving now with people texting while they drive. I remember coming from, I think it was coming from a Blue Angels air show in Gainesville, Florida, and driving back with one of our uh, special operations recruiters uh, who has since passed away after being in a motor vehicle accident where, uh, where I believe he was drinking. So kind of ties that together. But he was driving the vehicle that we were in, which was a pickup truck, towing a trailer behind it. And then I look over and realize he's texting while he's driving down the highway in Florida at about 85 miles an hour in a truck with a trailer behind it. And I'm like, dude, stop. Knock it off. He's like, I don't know. Just got to text this girl and let her know what time I'll be home. I was like, if you want to do that, I will drive. We can pull over and switch. Really, don't do that. So he, he did stop. We switched places and then he kept doing it. But Again, so many avoidable things uh, that happen and, and end up in tragedy. Uh, very sad to hear about this sailor at Camp Pendleton coming into contact with that tail rotor of a Venom helicopter and losing his life. So fair winds and following seas to our shipmate out there. Taking a look around at what's on ConnectingVets.com, the American Legion continues to call for medical cannabis research. Now, the American Legion storming of the hill is this week. Of course, Denise Roham was on the show with you last week. Your conversation with her, how did that go? What did you guys touch on? We touched on a little bit of ev a little bit of everything. She talked about the different things the Legion's doing across the country. And what she mentioned about the Storm the Hill specifically is that five thousand members of the of the American Legion coming from all over the world. People, places like Guam, the Philippines, Korea, everywhere coming yeah. here. And they're just they're 
having what they also were calling it their Washington conference mm. to sort of decide on what their legislative pushes are going to be. And then they're literally walking into Republic, uh, Congress people's offices and saying, hey, we want this. This yeah. is what needs to happen. Yeah, and they are, uh, you know, the red hats that are so familiar from the American Legion. They're going to be up there on Capitol Hill doing their thing and letting people know what they're all about. And when she was in here that morning on Friday, I was actually done with the project I was working on, or so I thought. As I said, I got <laughs> called back in at 5 p.m. Uh, on Friday. Uh, while I was uh, here working on some other stuff, I was talking to her aide, and her aide was telling me about, I believe it was Guatemala where they went to, and that every that they didn't have an American Legion post per se, but there was a meeting at the town square uh, in in the city where they were in Guatemala every week, same time. I think it was on a weekend, and people would come down. Not only the legionnaires, but also the locals who would come down. And the legionnaires had set it up where they had medical professionals, so people were able to come in and and check out, uh, you know, tell the medical professionals what might be wrong with them, nurses, doctors, that kind of thing. Uh, the legion's really doing some amazing work around the country, as are all of the VSOs, uh, the VFW. I can speak to personally, having become a member uh, when I was living up on Long Island and seeing what they did in the community. I thought I was just joining a group where I'd be able to go and, you know, have a beer once in a while and talk with some people who would understand some of the things that I had uh, that I had dealt with in the military that, you know, none of my friends up there really had. And yeah, I got those two things and a lot of assistance when it came to dealing with VA and DOD and all that stuff. But I also saw the amazing work that was being done out in the community by my post there. And whether it's AMVETS, the Legion, the VFW, they are all doing amazing things around the country. It's, It's got this, the VSOs kind of have this reputation by some, within the veteran community especially, is just, eh, it's a place to go and have a beer and not much else. No, there's a lot more going on at each one of those places. If it, and, and it really comes down to what you want it to be. If that's all you want it to be, if you just want to go down and, and have a place to have a drink and talk to somebody and tell sea stories, that's all it's going to be. It can be so much more than that if you're willing to get involved, because I guarantee you at each and every post, there are people that are getting involved. And if there aren't, that's when you show up, become a member, and change that. And we saw that in the same place. I've talked to the Legion about this, the same place where I joined my VFW post, the same town. The Legion post had essentially uh, been taken over by one of the auxiliary groups, the Sons of the Legion, people who were actually not eligible for Legion membership, but they were running the post, and they weren't doing a great job of it. <laughs> it was this beautiful location right on the water. Uh, they weren't doing a great job of it. One of the, uh, the me- dual members of the VFW and Legion came over to the VFW post, and you know what? Things weren't going well over at that Legion post, so guess what happened? A bunch of VFW members said, well, we're going to fix that. They went over, joined the American Legion, and essentially did a, uh, a little bit of a takeover of the post and got got the building fixed up, turned it into a great pro- property for uh, for uh, events. People could go and you know do a birthday party or a wedding or whatever, wedding reception, set up the hall right there again on a beautiful spot on the water, got it set for that, got it all fixed up. So that starts bringing in money, which the Legion Post can then use to uh, work on various projects around town, whether it's helping out children in need, whether it's helping out veterans in need. So much great stuff that the American Legion, the AMVETS, VFW, IAVA, all these groups are doing all around the country. Uh, And it's, it's good to see that. On the local level, they're doing that, and if they're not, again, if you know of a local post of of one of the VSOs that's not doing a great job, 
there's an answer to that. Join, change it, get in there, take it over, do what you need to do to get things going in the right direction. Because as Jake can tell you from talking to National Commander Roham from the Legion last week, on the national level, they're doing big things and they're doing important things. One of the things that they're doing, and this is a, a recurring subject, which to be honest, for me, it's not that big a deal. Like I understand that for some people, it's pretty much the only issue that they care about. For me, it's not something that's going to affect me one way or the other. So I just look at it pragmatically. And I think that the Legion and the VSOs are, are in the right in the way that they're moving on this. And that is medical cannabis research. The Legion continues to call for medical cannabis research. You can read a full story on that on ConnectingVets.com, our own Matt Saintsing. Uh, has been focusing on this issue and doing a bunch of great, fantastic articles on it. The VA, you know, we talked to uh, various organizations about this. The VA secretary, Dr. Shulkin, had said last year when we were starting out here, there was tape of him saying, like, you know, I'd love to look into it, but we can't. It's a Schedule One narcotic. It restricts the kind of testing we can do and blah, 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 blah. Well, a few months later... All of a sudden, the tune changes from the VA secretary saying, we can't, or we can look at this, but we're not going to. We just don't think that there's any use for it. Well, what changed over those few months? Nobody really knows. Some people drawing some ties to the announcements from uh, the Attorney General, Jeff Sessions, that he wants uh, the federal government to again begin prosecuting and going after marijuana offenses, even in states where it's legalized, like Colorado, Washington State, uh, about to become legal in California, which is the big one. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a subject that a lot of veterans, even those like me who are not particularly personally invested in it, I look at it and say, well, why, why wouldn't we at least look at this? And if you're saying, well, we don't think that there's anything there, what's the harm in doing the testing so that you have the documented proof to be able to say that, to be able to say, Hey, we don't think there's anything there. Uh, here's the proof. Here's the studies. Here's the research. That's what they've said. There isn't any of that. And that's unfortunate. And that's part of what Denise Roham was calling for while speaking at the National Press Club here in D.C. last week. Uh, she said, we just need to know that the American government is focused on trying to find cures for not only veterans, but for all Americans. And if cannabis, which is a drug, is something that can help, they have to do the research to find out. Exactly. Yep. That's all anybody's saying. Do the research. I think there are some, and again, it's a generational gap where people of an older generation from the reefer madness era where it was constantly like marijuana is just as bad as heroin. That Jeff Sessions has said that before. The Attorney General of the United States of America has said that marijuana and heroin, basically the same thing. No, they're not. They're absolutely not. Um, are there people who use both? Yes, absolutely. And I think part of his uh, part of his outs, outlook on that is that he was a prosecutor. So he saw people who were doing bad things while using marijuana and may have also been using heroin. But, you know, it's, I think it's a false equivalency. Someone yep. who uses marijuana is a criminal because I've seen a lot of people who use marijuana commit crimes. Okay, well, someone who plays video games and also commits crimes. Does that mean that everybody who can plays video games also commits crimes? He would probably say yes. <laughs> he, well, who knows? I would hope not. But then again, I've also seen video games blamed for some amazing things over the years. The medical cannabis issue, I, I think there are people, again, of an older generation who think that the move for research on medical cannabis is tantamount to saying, we want to give free marijuana to everybody. And that's not at all what it's about. It's about finding out if this is a helpful, uh, a, a helpful cure, essentially, a helpful treatment. 
because what they're using now to treat a lot of these pain issues and a lot of PTSD issues are opioids. Now, if you're saying heroin and marijuana are the same, even if they are, hey, guess what opioids are? They're synthetic heroin. They are opium. I mean, that's that's what it is. So if they are the same, okay, let, let's take you at that word. Like Secretary, uh, sorry, Attorney General Sessions said, let's say they are the same. How come you're only using one of them to help treat people and the one that you're using is the most dangerous? It's the most addictive. It's the one that you can overdose on. Never heard of anybody overdosing on marijuana. Nope. Not a single instance on record that I'm aware of with hundreds, if not thousands of years of people using it. There has never been a single overdose. There have been, you know, people who have done horrible things while using marijuana, whether it's, you know, uh, not paying attention and setting a fire, or whether it's driving while under the influence, just like anything else that we use, though. It's very similar to alcohol and actually less deadly than alcohol because you know what? You can overdose on alcohol. Plenty of people have drank themselves to death. Again, don't know of anybody that smoked themselves to death with marijuana. Cigarettes are legal. Those are deadly. Marijuana? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's you just look at it, it doesn't make any sense again as a pragmatist which is how i describe myself where hey if it works it works if it doesn't work it doesn't work that's how you need to look at it the fact that this one possible treatment is just not being even looked at and there's so many people who are so dead set against it which again goes back to a whole bunch of of Fascinating, interesting, and frustrating things, a lot of it having to do with William Randolph Hearst, who, uh, through vertical integration, of course, the Hearst newspaper company is still around. They still own a lot of broadcasting and media outlets and organizations, still an incredibly wealthy family, essentially started by William Randolph Hearst, uh, his father, I believe, actually getting involved in the gold business and other things is where the money first came from. But William Randolph Hearst working in the media industry, so he owns all these newspapers he also owned the paper factories and the and the forests that they were cutting down. So he he was making money hand over fist. He was the one providing the paper to his newspapers, cutting costs for himself essentially. And at that time, uh, people started realizing that hemp, aka marijuana from the same plant, essentially was a much more easily replaced resource grows a lot faster than a tree does you can make paper out of it so they were competitors for his paper business so he lobbied the government through the use of yellow journalism through his newspapers to essentially say you know marijuana is the worst thing in the world and a lot of that stuck because he had a lot of money to push that on and he had control of the media at the time essentially i mean he wasn't the only newspaper baron but He was one of them, and he was the one who really pushed this, and the other newspaper barons, a lot of them joined in on it because, same thing, back then, a lot of the people who owned the newspapers also owned the paper supply companies and didn't want this competitor, these people who owned these other things, the hemp plants, to be able to replace them. Because of that, in large part, not totally, but in large part because of that and because of their real big push to get people against marijuana, it was made illegal. There, there was a time in this country where it wasn't illegal. Now, of course, it is in, in most places, although it's moving back in the, uh, the, the legal direction, I would say. But when you, when you look back to the, the start, when you start doing the research on why marijuana was made illegal and you look at things like the Reefer Madness movie, which have you ever seen Reefer Madness, Jake? <laughs> yes, I have. A black and white film. I believe it was made in the 30s, 20s or 30s. Um, and... Essentially, the the whole point of the movie is to tell you that if you smoke the doobies, 
basically you're going to turn into a career criminal gangster murder those who you love i mean it's it's It's, one of the most it's really funny it's it's not intentionally funny in this day and age you're like oh boy this is crazy like this is really crazy um again because of all that stuff we now have this issue where we're refusing for no good reason to look into whether this is useful as a treatment and as we found out from the vfw in recent weeks when kata kelleher was in here the only marijuana that the federal government is allowed to test on comes from University of Mississippi or Mississippi State, somewhere down in Mississippi. One of their uh, colleges grows marijuana for research for the federal government. The federal government doesn't do much research on it, so they they essentially end up getting a weak strains of marijuana that date back to the 1960s and 70s that are not as potent as many of those today, and from what the VFW was telling us, by the time they get to the federal government for research, they're so old and moldy because they don't order so much of it that it's essentially useless. So there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of issues there. And, and again, as someone who has no personal stake in it, just looking at it pragmatically, is it the best thing to do? That's all I'm worried about. I'm glad to see people like Denise Rohan and the Legion calling for this, as well as AMVETS, the VFW, all these other organizations. Well, still to come later in the show, in just a few minutes, we're going to speak with the research director for IAVA about a number of topics and a big part of what IAVA does, research, finding out what their membership feels, finding out what their membership thinks. They've put out some polls recently, put out polls over the years, gauging uh, those people who are involved in IAVA's interests and opinions on matters, and that continues today with a whole lot of topics. And then later, Joe Murren. He is Chairman Emeritus of New Day USA, one of the biggest VA loan mortgage companies in the country. He's going to be here to talk to us about that very issue. What's going on with mortgages? What is mortgage churning? What should people know to avoid being taken advantage of? All of that still to come on the morning briefing, powered by ConnectingVets.com. Connecting Vets every day. Eric Dame, JQs, back after this. Helping military veterans stay connected. We make it easy. We're CBS Radio's ConnectingVets.com. Connecting vets every day. Online and all over social media. Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. At Connecting Vets. Welcome back to The Morning Briefing. I'm your host, Eric Dame. Jake Hughes is your producer and, well, our 8 o'clock guest. Uh, We're still trying to get in touch with our 8 o'clock guest. Uh, Apparently, there's been some miscommunication, so Jake is hurriedly trying to call every number that we have to see if we can figure out exactly where he is and get him on here to talk about VA loans and mortgages. Instead, we're going to talk to someone who I believe might have a VA loan, if I'm correct, on his home. And that is, of course, the maestro of the podcasts here at ConnectingVets.com, Mr. Phil Bird Dog Briggs. Bird Dog, how you doing this morning? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm a little short of coffee. You caught me kind of off guard geese, here. Stomp on any geese yet this morning? No, but I'll be damned. I was just thinking of you this morning because I was like getting out of my truck and I start my day uh, outside our city, about 30 miles away at a metro stop, which is our subway here in Washington, D.C. And it's a large parking lot where people commute, you know, and they all park in this lot to catch the train in the morning. And I get out of my car 
And I swear they're stalking me. They knew what we did. The they geese? knew what we did a few months ago, yeah. but they were two geese like right outside my door. And I was actually afraid to open my door because they were, <laughs> I mean, they were big and they were literally, Eric, it was like only one empty space between the car next to me and, we, you know, where I was parked. There was one empty space and they sat in that empty space just, just eyeballing me. Wow. Just, I, I mean, they just eyeballing me. Well, not only do they know what we did, they know who to go after because... <laughs> The only one who's you know was worried that there might be toothed poisonous geese out at Warriors <laughs> Rest on the beautiful eastern shore of Maryland with Don Shipley, retired SEAL, Senior Chief uh, Rob Jones, of course, of Rob Jones Journey, Ben Kiernan, and myself. Uh, yeah. There was only one bird dog out there, and they knew it. Well, actually, there were two bird dogs, but one of them had no problem grabbing those geese. The other one, again, worried about the toothed, poisonous Canadian I'm geese. I'm telling you, I'd never picked up a, ge- a goose before, and grabbing it by its neck ever since then. I got I have a phobia of geese, so when these things were eyeballing me this morning in, in a crowded parking lot, I didn't know what to do. It's very interesting, but as we said, you spent, I'm, I'm assuming, most of this weekend at your home, right? I did. It's interesting to hear you talking about VA loans. Yeah. Yeah. So we're talking, well, we're, we were hoping to talk with someone about VA loans, but it uh, appears that there may have been some mix up. I don't know if there's a time zone issue, but <laughs> sure. it seems to happen repeatedly. And that's why I'm very clear. Eastern time. That's what time you call in. Radio. But it's an imperfect science. We Even live in. so, where, where, you know, you'll have some people who you're like, yeah, eight o'clock, you were supposed to call in. Oh, that was eight o'clock my time. Well, look at that email. Oh yeah. No, it says in big capital letters, <laughs> Eastern time. Because we live in a big country. We're not in one of those places like England where everybody's on the, oh, Greenwich Mean Time. No, we fought a war so we didn't have to be on that time. and Didn't have to have their queen on our money and all that nonsense. So well, I guess it was a king back then. But right. still, the VA loan process. Think back to when you, you purchased a house and went through the VA loan process. What do you remember most about that process? Was it difficult? Was it easy? Was there a lot of stuff that you had to learn during it? I'll say this. I remember, I mean, I can compare it to a couple different things. The VA home loan we used was actually on my third home. So so I'd actually been... Ooh, fancy. Well, you know, we bought a townhouse (laughs) first, then we moved up to a single family. And neither of those first two times did I use my VA benefit of this home loan. So when it came down to this third time, we had saved up and we knew we wanted to get to the proper school district and we knew we wanted to buy our forever home. Right. So home number three was going to be where we were going to set down our roots and this is where we're going to be, you know, throughout the kid's entire time in school. Found the home and we were all ready to put down the down payment and we were realizing now that selling our second home, selling our single family home to get this dream home was going to take every cent we got. And any money, any any margin we made on the sale of the house was all going to get rolled right into the down payment. So we basically were looking down the barrel of getting this house and and having, you know, like so many people do, hardly any money. You know, I mean, if the toilet breaks or you need a roof fix or something, you'd really be putting it all on your credit card. We, yeah. we, we, were, we were fearing that. And my wife finally goes, you know, she's like, will you just Go to the file cabinet, dig out your DD-214, and give it to our home loan guy. Just let him run the numbers just to see. Of course. If, and, you, if you say no to that, you're dumb, basically. Right. Like, you know, look at all the options. You've got to take them all into account. But I was only in for four years. It was in the 90s. I, I you know, I mean, I didn't but really. But you didn't think you qualified? I just, yeah, I mean, I didn't know. Honestly, see, I, I didn't there, know. I, thought I don't you had think to you're alone for, there. 
I thought you had to serve for, I don't know, more than four years. You can serve for one, and as long as you have an honorable discharge, as long right. as you didn't get kicked out, you're eligible, you know? Well, come to find out that he ran the numbers, and what do I actually remember about it? I remember virtually nothing. I sent <laughs> I sent my DD-214 to the guy that was processing our home loans, and, and for the life of me, I can't remember where he works. I know his name, John, but I, I, I don't, I don't know what company we used, but like so many people buying a home, you know, you you, you work with the financing company, you work with the, you know, McLean mortgage or whoever's doing your lending, right? Usually a referral from your real estate agent. So you may not even ever, ever, have ever met the guy. Yeah. Uh, we happen to know John pretty well, family friend. Uh, he ran the numbers and then he gets back to us. I want to say 24 hours later. And he's that like, quickly. And he's like, yeah, he's like, you're good to go. And I was like, wait, what do you mean I'm good to go? And he's like, yeah, you're, you're, you're good to go. Sends us this overview, this email with what the interest rate will be. Um, some extra steps that had to go into closing, you know, because the VA, you know, has to do its own or rather VA loans have to have a, a higher level of home inspection, basically protecting the service member or the veterans interest in the home. Right. I mean, they make sure that there are certain things that private, sector lenders will let go on an inspection whereas right. the VA home loans you know it's a tighter it's a specific it's yeah. a it's a tougher inspection for you to get that home which is defending your right in that you know your interest in that home anyways he gives us all this list and then I look and the here's here was the thing that blew my mind no down payment yeah I was we were prepared to put down forty fifty thousand dollars on this house didn't have to do it didn't have to do it. And, you know, I'm looking at my wife going, well, why didn't we do this the time we bought our first house? Yeah. What the heck? Well, and the no down payment thing, uh, there are, for people who aren't that well-versed in finance and in what that means, so your down payment is essentially uh, it kind of building credit towards your house, saying mm -hmm. they're saying like, well, yeah, you have this credit level, essentially. House is $200,000. Uh, we're going to give you, you know, 50000 or whatever down payment and then you have to pay off the 150,000. If you don't have to make the down payment, you're going to have to pay off the full 200,000. Right. You know, it may take a little while longer to do that, uh, but you don't have to do that. So that 50,000 is still going to be in your pocket there. And of course, as we're speaking with Phil Bird Dog Briggs about his VA home loan, we now have a verifiable expert on the phone. He is Joe Murren and he is the chairman emeritus of New Day USA and joins us now in the morning briefing. Joe, good morning. How are you today? Hey, good morning. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing fantastically. Of course, New Day USA, one of the big companies that deals with VA loans for home mortgages. First, I want to find out just a little bit about your background. How did you come to be a part of the New Day USA team? And what is your experience in dealing with the VA loan process? Well, I've spent my whole career over 45 years in the uh, in the industry. So I've, you know, I've known the VA system for quite some time. I, I came to know the New Day folks uh, uh, when I was president of Ginnie Mae uh, back in the 08, 09 uh, time frame. You know, of course, back then, you know, we were in a, an incredibly turbulent time in our country, uh, especially uh, in the mortgage industry. So I came to uh, to know New Day then, uh, an incredible company that uh, focused, uh, you know, 100% of their attention on the uh, the veteran community. Uh, I, I, I really... Uh, like the way they um, they took seriously uh, the the uh, financial wherewithal, wherewithal of the veterans. So, uh, you know, once I got a few years after I got out of office, uh, they approached me to uh, to join the their advisory board as the uh, chairman, and I did so. So it's been a, a great relationship. Uh, I'm 
I'm a great believer in what they do. Uh, and so uh, I spend a lot of my time uh, focused uh, on the New Day way with uh, uh, with the veterans of, uh, uh, of, this, uh, of this country. And, of course, he is Joe Murren, Chairman Emeritus of New Day USA, as he said, used to be with Ginny May, a man who knows a lot about VA loans, a lot about home loans and mortgages and all these things that affect so many veterans, especially as we get upper, uh, up in years, up in age. I'm 38 years old now, my wife and I, considering buying a house perhaps in the next year. You know, Joe, one of the things, and as we were just talking with one of our teammates here, Phil Briggs, he didn't realize that he was eligible for a VA home loan because he thought, well, I only saw served for four years in the Navy in the 90s, and he and his wife had actually purchased two homes and not used a VA loan. When they did their third, they looked into it and found the great benefit that a VA loan can provide for the veteran. What exactly would you say is the greatest benefit that the VA loan provides for the veteran looking to become a homeowner? Well, I think the uh, the, the greatest benefit is, is the uh is the fact that they'll do up to 100% financing uh, if the if the veteran qualifies uh, with their debt service uh, computation, you can get 100% loan to value, which is almost unheard of anywhere else in the in any other program in our mortgage system. So, it's a, it's a true benefit. I'm a veteran, <laughs> and to, honestly, I've never used a VA program in all the years and all the homes uh-huh. I've bought and all the places that. I, don't ask me why. I just. <laughs> I just never thought of it, uh, you know, all the times that I've uh, done it. But it is a great benefit. But I think more importantly, uh, uh, you know, a lot of our veterans, as they get up in age, they accumulate a lot of debt. Mm. And uh, a lot lot of folks, uh, a lot of banking institutions or mortgage institutions, they won't touch them because they may have some blemishes on their credit, et cetera. And uh, it's a shame because these folks are drowning in credit card debt that are, you know, that's are paying 18, 20 percent uh, interest on, and uh, one of the specialties uh, offerings that New Day has for these veterans is to is to take them out of that high credit debt, put them into a veteran loan, uh, a, a VA loan, and uh, give them some relief upwards to six, seven, eight hundred dollars a month in free cash flow. Which I'm telling you, when you're 50, 55, and 60 years old, that's a that's an incredible financial relief that you can breathe again because a lot of these folks live paycheck to paycheck and you know how bad that can be at that age. Oh yes, it absolutely can be. And Joe, when I was looking through your bio, it actually didn't mention the one that I had that you are a veteran. So let's talk just a little bit about your service. When did you serve? When did you join and what'd you do while you were in? Well, I, I joined the service in, uh, 1970 in the, in the, uh, army national guard. And, uh, I served for six years and I uh, was a communication specialist. There you go. I was a mass communication specialist in the ninety in the Navy for thirteen years, so a little bit of uh, a little bit of a similarity there. Uh, uh, yeah. In your time with New Day and with Ginny May, you know, as you said, you yourself have not used the veterans programs despite being active for uh, uh, despite being eligible for oh. it. I should say, uh, what would you say we need to do to get more veterans aware of the benefits that are available to them through the VA loans? What can companies like well, New Day do to reach them? Well, you know, I think one of the things that New Day made a decision to do was to uh, is to broadcast on national television, whether it was uh, CNN, Fox News, uh, the History Channel, whatever, uh, the program. And it has gotten incredible uh, response over the last few years. And, it, and, of course, New Day has developed an incredible brand over the last few years. And that, that to me, has been a huge awareness issue 
for veterans who who watch TV and all of a sudden they see Admiral Lynch on TV saying, look, we're going to do everything we can to help you. And believe me when I tell you that there are thousands and thousands and thousands of phone calls every week that come into that those call centers to those very well-trained uh, individuals to sit there and, and listen and to be able to help as many of them that they can to get financial relief. And I think that's the biggest thing that New Day has done. And I think it's the biggest thing that anybody, you know, one of the reasons why I never used my VA program, because I never thought about it because I never heard about it. Mm. So now all of a sudden you have a company out there who is broadcasting, look, veterans, you, you, you qualify for this. You served our country. You are eligible for this. At least talk about it, you know, listen, and uh, you'd, be, you'd be surprised how many folks have used that, uh, who have come forward and said, can you help me? And I think that's the biggest benefit. So if more and more institutions uh, would do this, uh, and I think New Day has been a trendsetter over the last few years in being able to reach out to the American veteran community and saying, look, we're here to help you. We're speaking with of course, the chairman emeritus of New Day USA, uh, Joe Murren. And Joe, one of the issues that we wanted to talk to you about today, of course, you have also worked with Ginny May in the past. Uh, just recently, Ginny May came out uh, announcing that they were uh, reaching out to a number of lenders to get their Department of Veterans Affairs refinance programs under control, under what's called mortgage churning. Can you explain to us what the issue of mortgage churning is and what veterans who have or are interested in a VA loan should know about this pra- this pro- this this practice? Sure. You know, a veteran gets a mortgage and the next thing you know, they're getting bombarded by uh, all kind of mail drops or advertising or phone calls asking them to refinance. So it sounds good. It looks good. So they say yes. So the next thing you know, they've, they've refinanced their mortgage and then uh, 60, 90 days later, they're getting bombarded again. Uh, you know, so the churning is the, the act of being able to take an individual's VA mortgage and constantly refinancing it and putting fees on top of fees. Mm-hmm. And that to us is an deplorable, deplorable act against our, 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 our veterans. So, you know, that's what Ginny May is trying to stop. I, I, I absolutely commend them uh, for trying to do this. Uh, I think uh, if, you know, we, we've been talking a lot to the Veterans Administration and folks on Capitol Hill saying, you know, try to make it economically unfeasible for this turning to occur. If you can make it economically unfeasible for this to occur for the, the folks that are out there doing it, it'll stop. Uh, and not all the time uh, the veterans are actually benefiting. If, if they're reducing their interest rate by 25, you know, a quarter percent or a half a percent of the time, and adding fees on top of their unpaid mortgage balance, it really doesn't help them out. So I think every veteran out there that's that's listening to your program should be aware that they really need to get some uh, a real understanding. And the the interesting thing about veterans, they're a very trusting group of people. You know, they, uh, they, they trust what they hear. I mean, that's like so important when they hear the Admiral on TV, he's an Admiral, they trust him. Mm. So they come forward and they, they look for his help. There are folks out there that are unscrupulous. All they care about is the money. They care less whether they're helping the veteran or not. So I think the veteran has to be aware that every time they're approached for this kind of action to occur with their mortgage, they really need to take the time to understand what's it really mean because all they could be doing is digging a bigger hole for themselves. 
I think there would be some people when dealing with that issue who would wonder who do they turn to to find out because if you're reaching out to, let's say, the the loan company that is uh, the one trying to get you to refinance your loan, they're probably going to tell you uh, what they want to to push you in that direction. Is there any sort of, uh, you know, uh, basically a third party that people can go to who will give them the yeah. honest gouge? Absolutely. The Veterans Administration. And they're very, they're very approachable and very reachable, uh, you know. That uh, that that whole group of people that are that deal with these programs uh, want the veteran to call them, want them to contact them, want to understand what's going on. I mean, then there are trusted other sources. I mean, some of the some of the major players in the marketplace are trusted sources. They they don't do these kind of unscrupulous things. So it's up to veteran to do their homework. Is what I'm saying. You know, make the phone calls, try to understand what's going on, learn how to ask what questions to ask. And then, you know, make the decision, but don't just respond because somebody says, look, uh, you know, I can reduce your interest rate by 25 basis points or a quarter percentage points. And you go, oh, well, my, my payment reduces by $40 a month. Okay, maybe that's a good thing. But what else is happening to your mortgage balance? Are they adding fees onto your mortgage balance? It's going to take you two, ten, or two, five, or 10 years to repay. So, it's 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 not just a matter of trust. It's a matter of verify, you know, being ver- verify the information you're getting through different sources so you can make a good decision. Now, refinancing a mortgage loan is not always a bad decision, correct? I mean, this isn't an, Abs- an illegal process necessarily, what they're doing, or always a bad process. Oh. There are situations where it's a positive, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, everything has a different shade to it. So you just have to understand what's going on. I mean, if they're going to reduce your mortgage interest rate by 25 basis points or a quarter point, is, is that all they can do? And what are the fees you charging me to do this? And, oh, yes, but, yeah, we're not, there's, no, there's no closing costs, there's no fees. But are you taking all those fees and rolling them into my unpaid principal balance of my mortgage? You have to ask those questions. And if they do, is it feasible for them to me to continue to do that? So I think that not every refinance is a good refinance. Not every mortgage loan is a good mortgage loan. So I think, it, you know, you just can't re- react to something that you're given. You have to be able to do some, some, some investigation on your own, ask the right questions, and make sure that you're comfortable uh, with what uh, you're about to get into. And I think that's good advice for any major purchase that anyone's looking to make, a car, a home, anything that you're, yeah. you're you just take the salesman's uh, word for it. That's probably not the best uh, tack to take. I mean, the salesman may be being honest with you, but remember, they are a salesman. It's their job to sell it to you. It's your job as the consumer to make sure that you are buying the right thing. What are some other things, and we're speaking with the Honorable Joseph J. Murren, Chairman Emeritus of New Day USA, uh, former President of the Government National Mortgage Association, a.k.a. Ginny May, under both the Bush and Obama administrations. Joe, what are some other issues that people need to look out alongside mortgage churning when they are initially going for a VA loan, looking to refinance it? Are there any things that should raise red flags for the veteran out there looking for a home loan? Well, you know, a lot of times there are two different groups. Of, there, there's, a, there's a group of veterans that have already served. They're out of, they're out of the military, and they're looking to, for a mortgage. Uh, they're looking to refinance. They're looking for cash out for, you know, for uh, education, for weddings, for whatever, health care issues, whatever it may be. You know, it's, it's, one th- it's, it's a funny thing about our society, right? It's, um, uh, you know, a lot of societies that have mortgages, especially our neighbors to the north in Canada, look at mortgages just like my father did as a debt. They want to pay it off as soon as they can. In, in today's, in today's uh, society,
society, our, our mortgages are looked at as leverageable assets. You know, uh, you know, as long as there's appreciation going on in our country, people will refinance their mortgages to get cash out. And for a lot of good reasons, because it's the only asset a lot of times anybody actually has. So from that perspective, you've got to be very, very careful when you're dealing with your the only asset that you may own, that you have, which is your mortgage or your home, and understand how you want to treat that asset. So I think those are the kind of things you really have to be conscious of. And everybody's situation is different. So there's not one, you can't you can't give one answer to serve everybody. Everybody's situation is really different. So everybody has to think about it. As this is this situation is special to me, I need to understand what's going to occur if I do X, Y, or Z. And a lot of times, many many times, and I've been around for over 45 years, that's the furthest thing from anybody's mind is to really get down and do the research. So so most people just jump right into something without even thinking about it because they think it's going to benefit them, benefit them in the end, and really, a lot of times it doesn't. So they really have to pay attention to what's going on when you're talking about a mortgage or a refinance. It sounds like you're saying that people, veterans in particular, but anyone with a home loan, uh, particularly uh, facing a mortgage, needs to pay attention not only to the short game and maybe, hey, that extra $40 a month on my payment may benefit me, but also take into account how it will affect them in the long term. Is that generally how you would suggest people view their mortgages, looking both at the short term and long term? Absolutely. I mean, like I said, it's the biggest asset most people have, and it's something they should pay the most attention to. It absolutely is. And we're speaking with Joe Murren. He is a chairman emeritus of New Day USA, one of the largest VA home loan corporations out there. And uh, he's been speaking to us about a number of issues, including mortgage churning, which, again, Ginny May came out with this announcement. Uh, Congress has uh, started talking about it as well. Do you foresee any changes in, uh, you know, as I said, it's not an illegal process now. Do you see any foresee any changes in that moving forward as, as Congress and Ginny May get more involved and concerned with this? Well, there's only so much Ginnie Mae can do, uh, you know, because they're dealing strictly with their with their uh, their bond program. I mean, really, the changes have to occur in the Veterans Administration, and we're hoping that the the VA uh, will, in fact, truly understand what's going on in the marketplace with this churning issue, and will 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 initiate uh, some changes. Uh, and I'm hoping that the the changes are along the lines where you can't refinance a loan. Uh, uh, in less than a year, I hope that they eliminate the uh, the origination fees on on these refinances because the the veterans already paid an origination fee uh, when they took the loan out. Why mm-hmm. should they pay? Why should they pay another origination fee? You know, so if if you want to be a good Samaritan and and reduce the interest rate on a VA mortgage for a veteran that you already have in uh, in your portfolio, then just do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because it's it's not going to cost you that much to to, to and let's face it, a lot of times we're dealing with with veterans uh, that have uh, low credit scores, yeah. and you know, so you 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 may be charging them an extra fifty basis points or something like that because of the potential risk. If they if they're making twelve consecutive payments and they haven't missed a payment, why not do do the right thing and reduce their their interest rate by a. Uh, by by you know a half a percentage point to get them back in line with the rest of the marketplace, that's perfectly acceptable. But why you have to make more money on the veteran is just something that I think all you're doing is encouraging people to go out there and churn these veteran loans. So I hope that the VA uh, seriously takes takes this into consideration and, and makes some uh, meaningful changes.
We've been speaking with Joe Murren. He is Chairman Emeritus of New Day USA. And Joe, what's the website if people want to find out more about New Day in our last 10 seconds here? Uh, www.newdayusa.com. You've been listening to the Morning Briefing Monday edition. We'll be back tomorrow with more great guests and information for the veteran community. Have a fantastic day. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.